Action starts now with Clay McCuller on Sports Radio 98.1 The Ticket. All right, folks, we're back. You're listening to Horse Connection with Clay and Travis. We are about everything horses and ranching related happening out here in West Texas, and we're so excited to have Miss Lauren Decker from the Plains Cotton Growers Association. Lauren, how are you today? I'm good, guys. How are y'all? Doing great. Just a little chilly today. Yeah, you know, that wind came out of nowhere last night, and it really did blow in all that cold weather. So. Yeah. Yes, it did. So, Lauren, tell us a little bit about what's going on with the, the Plains Cotton Growers Association. Well, Travis, i got to correct you. I am Rolling Plains Sorry. Cotton Growers. No, that's okay. Sorry. But I had it right. I had it right the first time. <laughs> rolling Plains, Plains. Okay, yeah, yeah, well, uh, the guys up in Lubbock are the Plains Cotton Growers, and we're the Rolling Plains Cotton Growers. And I represent 31 counties, basically I-20 North. North. So we've got Roscoe uh, and Stanford all the way up to uh, Childress and Wellington and that area. So we represent the off-the-cap rock cotton uh, that's grown. The true heart of Texas. There you go. The the mostly dry land cotton. Uh, and uh, we've got our annual meeting coming up in conjunction with the Texas uh, Farm Ranch and Wildlife Expo. And uh, that's why I wanted to come on and talk to you guys today because our annual meeting is Tuesday of that week. Okay. Um, And we've got some guys uh, that'll come in from across our growing region and uh, we wanted to talk about it and let y'all know what's going on with our meeting. Absolutely. So the meeting is going to be, the Farm and Ranch Expo that week is on Thursday, right? Thursday and Friday? Am I wrong? Wednesday. Okay. Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday and Wednesday. Okay, people don't listen to me for dates. You need to check this stuff on Google because Travis doesn't know the dates. Sorry. Anyways, so the 2018 cotton crop was was tough this year, and I know that's a lot of a, a lot that with you know the input cost and seed and, and kind of what's going on with the farm plan uh, is a big thing right now or big topic I should say with all cotton growers. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been uh, a tough year. You know, they planted in 2018 into really dry conditions, and then it was a really hot and dry summer, and then we got a ton of rain, but right as folks were starting to harvest, and so it was a really challenging year for us. And while we had some wins legislatively, you know, we got cotton back into the farm bill back in February as a part of the bipartisan budget agreement, and then we got what we thought was a pretty strong farm bill passed right before Christmas. Yes, ma'am. No, that doesn't really um, help the uh, immediate economic conditions across the rolling plains because, you know, whatever uh, support they're going to get for their uh, market conditions won't hit their bank accounts until next fall. So there's a lot of things they have to purchase and a lot of bills that have to be paid between now and October of 2019. So that puts people in a lot of... um, Tight situations. Absolutely. Well, and it's really tough for the younger guys, and that's who my heart really goes out to because they don't have the years of um, equity built up like their parents and grandparents have. And so those are the ones that I'm really concerned about us losing and then not being able to get back. Well, the big thing right now in in the farming areas is the guys that are having to uh, refinance or Mm -hmm. renew, uh, they're basically going into their lenders right now with that 2018 cotton crop, and some guys are going in there with a deficit. Mm -hmm. And uh, everybody knows that when you're in the negative, trying to get more out of 
more money out of that is it makes things tight. Absolutely. And, you know, none of us want to demonize uh, either the ag lenders or the community banks because right. they have regulations right. and, you know, they have boards and that they have to answer to. And so it's not their fault either. But at the same time, like, it takes... Um, working together both sides and I think a little give and take on both sides yep. to really pencil that out and, and make it so that we can continue to have um, farming in this region. Yeah. They, I mean, it's people don't realize it's it's kind of come to a, uh, a point to where farming is, it's, what's a nice way to put this? it? It's very, 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 very tough to make farming a viable option in a career right now. Yep. I don't care if you're old and you've got lots of equity in your land that you can go to the bank and say, hey, I've got this land, I need to put it up and get some collateral out of it. Or if you're a guy who's got all your land and all the collateral you can get out of it. I mean, the commodity prices right now are tight. And when you come to a year like we had this year where people didn't make a crop or the crop they did make was poor, uh, I don't care if you've got the highest commodity prices in the world. It, it's just tough to take that low uh that low yield and turn it into uh a benefit for you your lender your family and everything it's just tight right now i mean i don't care if you're growing cotton maize uh if you're doing hay i mean everything right now is just tight in agriculture cattle are down uh you know pairs three and four years ago were 2200 to 3000 a pair now they're you can go to the sale barn and you can buy really good pairs you know that are extremely nice and young good straight cows and you might pay 1300 for them Mm-hmm. More likely, you're going to pay 1100 for them. It's just a different ball game every year. So, so but, on uh, that bright note, you bet, <laughs> you bet. So, um, but no, I, you know, it is a, a grave situation, and I, I don't want to. Uh, diminish that in any way but we are optimistic about 2019 you know with all this rain that's lots of moisture in the ground yep Um, we've heard from lots of folks that um you know they're anticipating uh stat you know maybe a little increase in acres this year um and we'd sure we'd sure like to see that um and you know the thing about a really really bad year is that surely it's got to be better the next year so 2019 has a lot of hope in it yeah that's thing is we've got i mean everybody that i've talked to it's unreal the moisture we've got in the ground which you know rain was the biggest factor of that i mean it's it's amazing how much rain we've got which is good you know some guys didn't like it you know farmers are either it's too hot too dry or it's too wet but uh we'll take what we can get this point absolutely so i think that'll do nothing but uh be good for that seed when they put it in the ground yes ma'am for sure So. so Lots of people are set up right now, as far as moisture goes, to have a really good underground, which starting out dry land is huge to have this kind of underground moisture. But uh, Absolutely. So tell us a little bit. Y'all have got a meeting coming up. What yes, all sir. is going to be going on in the meeting? So our annual meeting is the Tuesday of the Farm Show, and we uh, start off the morning at 10 a.m. with kind of our uh, Rolling Plains Cotton Grower update, and then we've got Jeff Posey from over in Roby. He is vice chairman of the Cotton Board, and the Cotton Board oversees all the research and promotion okay. of the entire cotton industry, and he's going to give an update on what they're doing on uh, research trials and uh, those kind of things. And then we've got our new National Cotton Council chairman, Mike Tate from Huntsville, Alabama, will come and give an update on behalf of the National Cotton Council. And uh, Sid Miller, the Texas Department of Agriculture commissioner, is going to come and speak uh, to our group and tell us a little bit about what's going on in Austin and what we can expect 
out of TDA and yep. uh, this upcoming legislative session. And then uh, I think I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, former Representative Charlie Stenholm oh, is okay. going to come yeah. and talk to us uh, right about lunchtime and discuss kind of the need for functionality in Congress and um, some He's going to share some insights with us on trade, which is a very hot topic at the moment. If anybody watches State of the Union um, the other night, uh, it was a big theme of uh, the speech. And uh, talk a little bit about immigration, which is also a big uh, hot topic at the moment. And with uh, the government maybe going to shut down, maybe not going to shut down next week. I figure uh, we're going towards a shutdown. <laughs> You know, I used to work in that world, um, and I don't want to prognosticate, but I don't think that uh, the odds are in our favor. But uh, anyway, uh, he's looking forward to coming and sharing some of his insights. And, you know, he actually started the Rolling Plains Cotton Growers uh, in 1964 before he was a member of Congress. He led the Rolling Plains Cotton Growers, so I got big shoes to fill. Yeah, you do. Uh, so he's going to come and, and talk to us. Then we've got some CEU training in the afternoon. Okay. The Extension Service is going to do that. Some oxen-specific training, which is yep. you know what you need for your dicamba yes, and your ma'am. 2,4-D. Um, and then at 4.30 in the afternoon, uh, Mike Conaway, who I almost just called chairman, uh, who's now ranking member of the House Ag Committee. He's, I'll always call him chairman. Um, but he will be coming and addressing our group kind of to give uh, an update from the House Ag Committee in Washington and what they Perfect. kind of expect out of the 116th Congress. Awesome. Awesome. So what are the CEUs that are going to be happening during that? Um, they're... They're for the dicamba that people need to have. Yeah, it's, so, it, what they, it's what they call the oxen-specific yep. CEUs. Every and so, farmer's got to have them this yes, year. Yes, that's right. It's a new regulation that if you are growing dicamba-ready cotton, you have to have this regulation. So if you're in this region, or if you're not, come and you can get that certification. So that's a good deal to get that knocked out, get a free meal, get lots of good information on this. It's a lot of stuff that's going to be happening that day in that meeting. Absolutely. Well, just knowing what the Congress is you know, planning on doing or a feel for that would yeah. be invaluable, would it not, Lauren? I think so. You know, um, Mr. Sinholm has a, such a unique perspective as a former representative to kind of give that 10,000 foot view. And then I think to follow that up with Mr. Conway, who is in the heat of the battle um, and just stepped down as a chairman when the new Congress took over and now is uh, running the minorities focus on implementation of the new farm bill i think those are key perspectives um and we want to have a great crowd uh, for those speakers and come and get your ceu so that you can you know use your uh that way you can spray dicamba and get a little bit of control of the weeds (laughs) that are hard to kill there you go absolutely (laughs) so well that's good stuff so when, when is this meeting again it is tuesday february 19th we will start the day at uh at 9 a.m. we'll have our registration and the meeting kicks off at 10 a.m. We'll have a lunch at noon and then wrap up by 5 o'clock. So we hope that uh, everybody who has an interest in cotton production in this region will, uh, will join us for our 2019 annual meeting.
Well, if they're smart, they will. And, uh, Lauren, you're amazing at how – I mean, I'm, I know you've had a big hand in organizing all this, uh, which, which – uh, Well, I, I'm two months into this job, so I kind of – it's baptism by fire. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, But, I, I, you know, I love these guys. They have been a pleasure to work with. I'm looking forward to um, expanding my knowledge and getting to know them better and, you know, meeting uh, new growers and, and folks I haven't gotten to know. So I'm I'm looking forward to a great meeting. It's always good to have uh, really smart people in a room, you know, discussing, uh, you know, the upcoming the future year. of agriculture. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Well, it's a pivotal deal. You know, I, I know cotton represents a, a small percentage in the planted acres in North America, but it's a large percentage of what's planted in this in this region of texas absolutely and it's the largest cash crop in the state of texas yep. it so. has been forever absolutely yep. so it, it's a big deal and what these people decide in the, the the directions that cotton farmers go carries over into every other commodity uh and i mean and economy out here in west texas particularly um I think it I think it shapes it shapes the course of where we're headed as far as West Texas, you know, I mean, even, you know, the Abilene area is it's different. You hear that all the time. I mean, Travis and I are in the in the real estate business and, you know, Abilene's a different animal. You always hear that. And it is. And it's something about you get kind of the Eastland deal. You get west of that and it's a different world out here. And agriculture plays a big part. Uh, you know, Amazon or whatever, if they go in north of Dallas, does that affect us a little bit, but not not as much as what cotton growers decide to do? Um, I don't think. Uh, you know, oil prices, cotton, that's what's driven our economy. Are we more diversified now? You know, is Abilene a healthier economy? Yeah, because they are more diversified, but in the past, things have collapsed or or exploded in a good way due to what happens with cotton. Well, the thing that that people forget that aren't involved in agriculture uh, is agriculture in Texas is a multi-billion dollar industry. Yep. I mean, you take that out of the economy, it's yeah. going to amaze people uh, how much that hurts. And the people, and overall. you don't realize that. You don't, you don't think that. You know, you see a Facebook post, like I said, about Amazon putting in a deal over there. Well, yeah, people get that, but they don't pay attention to, you know, yeah. they drive by the cotton fields. Right. But that is a, that is more of a player in change than, than, than anything. You know, you know we, perhaps second only to, to oil, you yeah. know. You know, we, we talk about that a lot, um, amongst, uh, our, you know, my, my our circle of friends and and things I tell my my Abilene friends is that, you know, if rural economies aren't doing well, if cotton has a bad year, we don't come from the rural communities to spend our money in Abilene. We don't go out to dinner. We don't go to the movies. We don't buy a new truck. We don't buy new tennis shoes or sports equipment or or whatever for our That's families right. because it's been a tough year. We, you know, we keep that money close to the vest. We yep. spend it locally, and so Abilene has a direct connection to those cotton fields out in the rural communities. That's right. And, you know, I know that some of them get that connection. Not all of them do. Yep. But when they drive past that cotton field, what happens there matters to them. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the thing is like Abilene and uh, Lubbock especially is, is you know, a hub city. And more or less it's turned into a mini me- metroplex. But 
the amount of money that comes in from agriculture into these communities and all small towns that are around them is substantial and that revenue on the farm has not done nothing but go down due to drought uh, increase in cost for product production uh, and just the fact that the commodities have kind of been up down sideways and done a backflip in the yeah. last several years it's over 50 percent yep. uh, in the last four years almost 60 percent in the yep. last four years yeah say, say that again lauren so Ex- farm, expl- explain that please well f- Total farm income has dropped almost 60% over the last four years. So that's real money that's coming into the hands of our producers. And that's nationwide. You know, um, my former boss, Congressman Jody Arrington, actually was on the news the other night talking about the rate of uh, farmer suicides across the nation has almost skyrocketed. Um, And that's you know, that's something to not take lightly because these guys, as they're starting to have these meetings with their bankers, yeah. are in a real pinch and they're up against a wall. And um, it's not good. It, it's not good. Um, and they're feeling the hurt in a real way. I mean, Travis, you you and I both know folks that have gone out of business that are good operators. Yep. You know, it's, it's one thing to say, oh, well, you know, that guy, he wasn't very good. So, you know, maybe he shouldn't have been in the business. But there are people who are good and yep. who've been doing this a long time and well for anybody that's listening if you can imagine being at your job and you've been getting pay raises and increases and your benefits Mm -hmm. have have stayed the same but your your dollar amount that you're bringing home at the end of the year has gone up so let's just say the last four years you know that house you bought the car you bought um the lawnmower you bought the investments you made take all that and cut it in half the money you made and where would you be at today yeah i mean and, and let that sink in. I mean, if you were making a hundred thousand a year, in the last four years you've made fifty, but you still have a hundred thousand dollars worth of bills. It's painful. That's not a good equation, and that's where farmers are at. It's not. Well, I'm not saying this to be doom and gloom. I'm saying this to be. You need to understand that agriculture right now it's very, very, very pivotal moment. Whether it's going to make or break. Yeah. Yep. And, and 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 people don't often and I think Abilene and, and Lubbock are a little different because we are surrounded by agriculture, but I'm talking about your friends in the Metroplex. Like they don't understand that when they turn on their light switch every morning, that's because of a windmill out here in West Texas. When they go to Walmart and buy that three pack of, you know, undershirts to wear to work or yep. those, you know, Egyptian cotton towels or, you know, Threat. And, uh, you can cut that part out. I meant. <laughs> the Where's the dump button, Matt? I, know, I was like, wait, uh, wait why wait. did I just say Texas that? Egyptian cotton. It's a variety. <laughs> exactly. It is. It's just a variety. <laughs> you know, but the thing, too, that people see is, you know, a lot of the wind turbines that are on farms. They're on cotton farms. <laughs> they're on cotton farms. And a lot of those guys, you think, man, they're making good money off those. They're not making good money off these turbines. Mm-hmm. I've seen some of the contracts, and I can tell you firsthand, it's peanuts. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you something else. If they had to choose between those not being here and, and replanting those lost acres, yeah, they'd they'd, take they, the lost acre they would replant those lost acres yep. without batting an eye. Yep. Uh you know. I understand, you know, that green energy is a big deal and it is the future and it's something that's not going to change. But don't for a minute think that somebody that's got a wind turbine is knocking it over the fence with a home run. Because I've seen there are some guys that are making good, good, they're making good generation of income off of them. But there's some guys, it won't even pay the taxes on that farm a year of what that turbine makes. 
Yeah. So well, these actual producers, you know, the the recreational ranch deal has has you know gone away of uh, some rich guys buying a place to hunt on and they run a few cows on it but they're they're buying that and 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 expecting an, an appreciation of land value and then selling that asset in 10 years mm-hmm. so they're you know it's a different animal the these cotton fields that you see will never be a recreational ranch property i mean it might but it, it it's not likely it's no. not likely to you know you can't just, you know, uh, not plant cotton and boom, all of a sudden it's a recreational property or a hunting property. That's not what's going to happen. You're, to do this and to change it uh, would take serious money and a lot of time. And what I'm talking about here is if it does get bad and, and these cotton farmers said, all right, heck with it. I don't know what to do. We're going to change it and put it into grass. That hasn't helped. <laughs> the agricultural situation uh just taking it out of cotton so they've got to figure something out and i'd be really interested uh just to know what what like you said lauren you know what what if someone has a feel for the direction that congress is going to go uh that you know i know you can't you know take that to the bank because things politically seem to change awfully fast nowadays but but i that's crucial well and one of the things that i'm really looking forward to hearing from Mr. Stenholm and also Mr. Conaway is their uh, outlook on trade. You know, over 80% of the cotton crop is exported overseas. Um, You know, we've really hollowed out our domestic textile industries, and so we have to send those bales of cotton overseas so that they can be further processed um, and come back to this country as t-shirts and socks and underwear and uh, sheets and towels and the like. So, um, you know, it's been a tricky situation with trade, um, in particular uh, with China, as they're our number two export market. And so I think any sort of calm in the water that we can get um, is is a good thing for our guys. And would probably provide some stability. And, Absolutely. And, and a better direction to know where you're headed. Absolutely. Um, you know, for example, I, I'm, I'll give you this scenario. I've got the old Walls manufacturing plant in Sweetwater listed, you know, for sale or for rent. And uh, and it's, you know, it's like 160,000 square feet. And we met, and it's the, the main building is two stories. And it was, you know, built in the early 70s. And it's eight or nine foot ceilings and you know the guy who came and looked at it we looked about taking that second floor out anyway long story short he told me the whole story about how many women he employed when he first started and he showed me and you could just picture probably over a hundred women with sewing machines mm-hmm. sewing you know walls clothes you know overalls jackets jeans uh you know everything sewing them together and then, and of course, they're right next to the Rolling Plains, <laughs> you know, uh, cotton storage facilities. And that, Sweetwater, yeah. And, and Sweetwater, they're there. So, you know, there was a tie-in there, and, and there was a rail service. And uh, when they shipped their product to Mexico to be sewed, 
so we didn't have to pay women in, in, in there to sew that. It, it, it was a funny statistic he gave. It was like he was the largest employer of, of women in West Texas for like a, a five or six year span. Mm-hmm. I mean, how wow. many in the salary he paid them, like they were the breadwinner in their family and yeah. all that it was so close together. And uh, not, not that that was menial, but it was a big operation is what I'm trying to say. And when they shipped it to Mexico to put those things together is when they lost everything. Yep. It's when the, that's why you don't see walls anymore. I think they do make some more stuff in Mexico, but they had a shot at being bigger than Carhartt. Yeah. Um, you know, that that's something that it was People effect- don't think about until it's gone. No, and that was affected by trade, yep. like, like you were saying, Lauren. I mean, that you know that could still be a large employer in Sweetwater, Texas, if uh, if we hadn't had trade issues like we did. You know. Yeah. So uh, good, fascinating stuff. I, I I think I'd like to follow up with you, Lauren, after that and see, you know, any aha moments that you had from that meeting that you'd very much so. be willing to share. I think our listeners would would want to know that. You know, we just had the Taylor County Livestock Show. You know, and how many of those kids are, uh, you know, parents are related to some, you know, somebody that's growing cotton somewhere. Yeah. Uh, to be able to bring their kid up here and show an animal and possibly win some scholarship money. You know, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'd be happy to come and chat with you guys again. Yes, please do. Please do. Another thing that uh, I'm going to do, and this is a shameless plug for Cedar Ridge Aviation in Knox City, Texas. Right now, if you're not aware, is the time to get out in your pastures and get your prickly pear sprayed. And Cedar Ridge Aviation, Dustin Johnson and Garrett Durrett can fix you up with that. Uh, their number is 325-370, I'm sorry, 325-201-1127. He'll also take you on some... Uh, you can you know, also go and do a pig hunt. Yeah, pig hunt from the helicopter, which is insanely While fun. you're spraying prickly pear. But <laughs> yeah. you can get a combo package. He can make it happen. So <laughs> that's another thing, too. So Robert Fredrickson, thank you, sir. Innovated Absolutely. communications. He can expand your Wi-Fi from one source going up to three, four miles. Uh, can do communities. Big, big, big deal. We're going to have more from him next week. He'll have a booth at the Expo Center at the Taylor County Farm and Ranch Expo. Miss Lauren Decker, thank you for coming. You have increased the intelligence level of this entire show <laughs> for for weeks to come. Well, I'm happy to do my part, whatever that is. So thank you all for having me on to come talk about my meeting. That's right. Rolling Plains uh, uh, Cotton Growers Meeting, which is February 19th in? At, at the Big Country Hall at Taylor County Expo Center. That's in conjunction with the Expo, the Farm and Ranch Expo. So we'll, we'll remind you of this next week, folks. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you Robert. Thank you, Lauren. Another show in the can for uh, uh, Horse Connection with Clay and Travis. Pretty good stuff, man. Yes, sir. I think I think we raised people's IQs today Definitely. rather than lowering them. That was very good. Lauren, thank you all so much for coming on. And, Robert, we appreciate you coming on as well. Some of this technology is just it's awesome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a big deal. You're going you're gonna to do well out here. Uh, um, people will catch on to that. Um, I wish I had a place still, and I'd have you out there. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> a good one? I know. I know plenty of them. Yeah. All right, folks. Uh, we will see you guys next week. What we got left.